coming to you with words and teaching that will change your life forever. All things that you will ever need in your life, they're wrapped up in the Word. Go for the Word. You need to understand this thing. And when you get a hold of it, keep saying it. Don't stop talking it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. The Bible says in the city of Ephesus, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Can you shout amen? I set the course that I must follow. In the name of Jesus, prosperity is mine. In the name of Jesus, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Pastor Chris, word hearing. We began looking at the scriptures to acquaint ourselves with God's word, with the necessary information on wisdom. We looked at several New Testament scriptures and uh, Old Testament scriptures as well. And we found a lot of enlightening things. And we, we said that the three kinds of wisdom mentioned in the New Testament for us to observe are Sophia, Sunesis, and Phronesis. And we defined each one of them. Sophia, we said, was insight into reality. In all learning, science, into hidden things, we refer to enigmatic and symbolic languages. Sunesis, we said, was comprehension, perception, understanding. We refer to the, the ability to understand concepts. We also talked about it as quickness of apprehension. In particularly what we call the penetrating consideration which precedes action. We saw Sophia as theoretical wisdom and Sunesis as critical wisdom. And then we looked at the third one, Phronesis. And we define that as a mindset, meaning to have a mindset, good judgment, the ability to govern 
one's life wisely. Also in dealing with resources. And then we decided to look more carefully at that very first area of its definition with regards to the mindset. And we also define the mindset as a fixed mental attitude or disposition that predetermines a person's responses to situations and his interpretation of those situations. We looked at the importance of having the right mindset. If you have the wrong mindset in life, you are sunk. The reason a lot of people live the kind of life they live today is the mindset they have. Whether you believe in failure or success is according to your mindset. And your mindset has been created over a period of time. And that is phronesis. When a man acts foolishly, you know, the Greek would say aphrone, meaning that uh, <laughs> he lacks phronesis. Phronesis is practical wisdom. And we, we studied that. We looked at the life of Solomon, King Solomon. Remember that uh, you can't talk about wisdom without thinking of the man Solomon. The man whom God gave so much wisdom. And we, we studied it and found out that what God gave to Solomon above everybody else was phronesis. He had in abundance practical wisdom. And then we also looked at the different forms of Sophia. When we studied the Sophia of this world, wisdom of this world, the Sophia of men, the Sophia of God. You remember that? I'm just trying to quickly go through some of those things with you. And you know, when we were talking about synesis, we said one of the key thoughts in it is the, uh, the literal definition of synesis being um, putting together mentally. And there's a reason why we were looking at that. Because that helped us to, to see the importance of that kind of wisdom. And I said, you, you need that for your business. You need that for your, your job, your school, your family. You need that. The ability to analyze, comprehend, perceive. 
would call it sagacity. And um, if you followed that teaching properly, you'd recall we saw how that Solomon had an abundance of it. Remember the extraordinary amplitude of his comprehension. Broad-mindedness. And we found out in the Bible how that the Queen of Sheba paid him a visit and asked him hard questions. And the Bible says Solomon told her all the answers and there was nothing hid from Solomon. Praise God. Oh, I like that. He knew everything. Boy, his mental capacity was extraordinary. Extraordinary. And the Bible says it was a gift from God. It was a gift from God. You know, the scriptures tell us if, if anybody lacks wisdom, he says, let him ask of God. And yet Christ has been made unto us wisdom from God. Amen. Yeah. So we looked at all of that. We talked about Phronesis being what? Intelligence. And Phronesis being prudence. And uh, that's where I want to take off today with Ephesians chapter number 1 and verse 8. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Success of failure is dependent on the operation of phronesis in your life. How much of God's wisdom is operational in you? And you remember we talked about Joseph, who had an excellent spirit. And the Bible tells us that he, he had phronesis, and we discovered that. And he also had what? Synesis. He was discreet. Do you remember all of that? Or did you leave your notes here and, and go home? We talked about the phronesis of Paul, a synesis of Paul. When we looked at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 4, it says, When ye read that ye may understand my synesis in the mystery of Christ. Do you remember that thought? All right. Now, on Sunday, we were looking at what wisdom, the spirit of wisdom. We talked about the spirit of wisdom Sunday and what the spirit of wisdom does for us. We said, number one, it brings us what? Apocalypsis, revelation. Number two, we said fortizo. What is that? Illumination. Okay? Throwing rays on the object. And then, thirdly, we said counsel. Right? We get counsel. 
we get direction. All right? The spirit of wisdom does this for us. We also talked about how that the spirit of wisdom is one of the seven spirits of God. Hallelujah. And how that we can actually yield our mental faculties to the spirit of wisdom. So we can be guided, we can be led by the spirit of wisdom. When the spirit of wisdom dominates your life, things change. You see, let me explain this. It's one thing to have faith, but there is something called the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith, when you have the spirit of faith, it controls your speech. Controls your actions. It's different from the guy who says, um, I'm trying to work on it by faith. He doesn't try. He doesn't try to work on it by faith. Things are different. Paul said, as it is written. I believed. Therefore have I spoken. Is that we also having the same spirit of faith. The spirit of faith says, I believe. Therefore have I spoken. He speaks according to his believing. He believes. You know, our, our everyday communication betrays our lack of faith. For example, somebody says, you won't believe what has happened. And the thing that has happened is a good one. So you won't believe what has happened. Why won't he believe what has happened? Say, hey, I'm a believer. Tell me. Go ahead. Try me. <laughs> try me. I believe. The man with the spirit of faith speaks according to his believing. He believes. And so he speaks. Hallelujah. So, it's important for us to have the spirit of wisdom. So, I try to explain to you the spirit of faith. You know, the spirit of faith causes you to say things and do things in an extraordinary manner. I remember several years ago, 1986. Now, of course, I've had so many of that happen. But I want to give you an old one. So, um, I was in a certain meeting preaching. I hadn't preached up to 10 minutes. And I walked up to someone who was on crutches on the front row. And it was a lady, and I commanded her to walk in the name of Jesus. And she was healed instantly. Now, after that happened, and everybody was rejoicing. I started asking myself, how, why did you do that? For just 10 minutes into my preaching, probably less. And I walked straight to her. I couldn't, I, I, I wasn't reasoning. I wasn't thinking through it. That happens by the spirit of faith. You understand? There's a difference between acting your faith and when the spirit of faith 
takes over. Same thing, I'm saying that to explain something about the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom puts the word of God consciously in your spirit and in your mouth. And you are so full of that word. You see, we need to understand that the word of God is the wisdom of God. When the scriptures speak to you, it's wisdom speaking to you. The word of God is the voice of wisdom. Somebody said, I really want to have wisdom. Get in the word. You see, that thing you're holding in your hand, that Bible, is a compilation of the message or messages from wisdom. Wisdom is the one talking to you when you're listening to the word of God. For example, when the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. That is wisdom telling you something about being in Christ. Wisdom is talking. That's wisdom. That's the voice of wisdom. He's telling you, he's giving you his insights into the new creation. He's giving you his insight into reality. When you read, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, that's not just a statement from John, that's wisdom talking to you. Wisdom is telling you. You see, he's wisdom. He has insights. He said, counsel is mine. He said, I am understanding. He said, I dwell with prudence. And you know, prudence in the Old Testament, um, refers to shrewdness. You know what shrewdness is? Shrewdness. He says, I dwell with prudence. So he might as well say, I dwell with shrewdness. Highly, mentally skilled, acute. He's sensitive, he's smart. He's fast. He's got quickness of imagination. He acts swiftly. And wisdom gives that to you. So wisdom tells you the one inside you is greater than the one outside. And when he tells you, He's counseling you. He's telling you. He's advising you. He's instructing you. You see that? He's enlightening you. And what should that do for you? It should make you bold. It should make you strong. It should make you fearless. So when something happens 
and wisdom wells that thing up in you, greater is he that is in you. Then you stand strong. You stand your ground. Hallelujah. Wisdom. 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 Tell us about wisdom. Say it again. Wisdom. Wisdom. So the word of God is the wisdom of God. So when you're studying the scriptures, understand that wisdom is talking to you. Oh, it pays. It pays to follow the word. Because following the word is listening to wisdom and following wisdom and acting wisely. Praise God. Ha, ha, ha. No wonder, no wonder Paul said, we speak wisdom among them that are mature. He says, not the wisdom of this world. Not the wisdom of this world. The wisdom of this world understands diabetes. The wisdom of this world understands stomach pain, chest pain, headaches, colds, fevers, etc., etc. That's the wisdom of this world. He said, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. He said, even, oh, I love it. He said, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. He set it aside for us. He says, even the hidden wisdom. Why are many Christians not operating in that hidden wisdom which was reserved for their promotion, reserved for their greatness? God is saying there's hidden wisdom reserved only for us. The rest of the world have no access to this Sophia from God. We are the only ones that have access to it. Why are so many Christians functioning without it? Oh, think about it. Why? i tell you why. Because most of them have never been taught. That's the reality. Most of them have never been taught. Most have never been taught. Look at how many of you are in church tonight. So many of you. Go to many churches on Wednesday. Very few people. Because they don't learn anything. So why do you go to church? Now, you know, when you know that in the house of God, you can learn something to live by, oh, you'd be there. The Bible says the fool ignores knowledge. He ignores it. He ignores information. And yet he wants to see, he wants to be successful. He wants to be great. He wants to do something right. So, um, oh God, please, oh God. Then God says, hey, the wisdom you need is in that book. But he doesn't want to read it. He holds the Bible like this and he says the Bible is too complicated. He drops it. But that is where wisdom is. And so in the house of God, the word is ministered to your spirit. You see, you're here tonight, but at the time you live here, you will live better than how you were when you came. 
You see, that's, that's the secret of God's Word that many people don't understand. You can't live here the same way. The Word is being ministered right now to your spirit. You would have to live here better than whatever you were when you came. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Yes, that's the way it is. So the Word of God is the wisdom of God. And you remember, Jesus Christ is the living Word. The Bible says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. All right? Jesus is the living Word. And that's in John's Gospel, chapter 1 and verse 14. It says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So we know the Word of God is what became Jesus. Praise God. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 24, it tells us that Jesus Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And I love the way he puts it. It says, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. That's absolutely remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. Christ is the wisdom of God. He's the wisdom of God. So that lets us know who wisdom really is. When you read in Proverbs the 8th chapter, you find him speaking in the first person. All right? Where he says, I wisdom. You know? He speaks in the first person and, and, and lets us know what he would do for anybody. Of course, a lot of times you find the feminine pronoun used. But wisdom is the Word of God. Wisdom is Christ. That's wisdom. Now, let's, let's, let's look at the way wisdom talks to us. There's some very powerful things in the Word of God, and, and except you observe them, to use them. Okay, can we examine 1 Corinthians chapter 2? Let's look at it for a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Have you seen it? All right, I want to read verse 6. Verse 6, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. He says, we speak, okay? Speak. With what do you speak? Hello? Hey, I told you, you see, wisdom, wisdom, wisdom made us. Oh, thank you, Lord. Wisdom made us. And he gave us a mouth. How many of you have a mouth? You got a mouth? Are you sure? What do you use your mouth for? For many people, for eating and just telephone. They're always on the phone. Eating, drinking, and making noise. Instead of speaking, let me leave that. All right. So, 
He says, we speak wisdom. And I said, we speak with the mouth. Now, in, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, the Bible says, can we read it? That if thou, can you read it? Come on now. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. You ought to know that all by, by heart, off by heart now. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thy heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Memory verse. Now he says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, letting us, oh boy, it's so important. Can you imagine how important that is? That he said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth. Now, wisdom is telling us how to be saved. <laughs> you know, some people call sinners to the front and they, well, all the sinners are there, say, oh, pray, pray after me. And all the sinners are <clears throat> in front of the platform. They say, oh God, save me. And they say, oh, save me, Jesus, save me now. Oh, save me. Oh, save me. Oh, save me. Then he says, Jesus is hearing you now. Pray, pray, pray. Oh, save us, oh Jesus. You'd never be saved that way. They may cry there and make you happy. But I tell you, when they leave, Salvation has not been experienced. Salvation is not at work. They're still going to do the same thing next week if you gave the same call. Oh, save me, Jesus. Oh, I'm sorry for my sin. Two times sorry. You know, he will not respond. Why? Because you are not operating according to the word. He said in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it's written there how to be saved. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth. Confess is the word, Greek word, homologia, meaning speaking the same thing in consent. That means saying the same thing in agreement. Okay? So if you will say the same thing in agreement with God. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth. And I think you should mark the word mouth. I'll come to that. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. He says, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believing in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead. He says, thou shalt be saved. Did he say, if thou shalt pray there? No. If thou shalt cry? No. If thou shalt beg? No. If thou shalt repent, no. You cannot repent. And you know that, that, that some people say, repent means to turn about and turn away to do the right thing. But you cannot do the right thing until you have a new life. You see, many people don't understand the teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Understanding the subject of repentance with respect to the gospel. There was a message preached to Israel and the message preached to the Gentiles. The two different messages. 
The message to Israel was to repent. The message to the Gentiles was not to repent. In fact, the only idea of repentance that they were told was to repent from these dumb idols. Okay? But idolatry is not the only thing that keeps someone away from God. Are you listening? And these messages were preached at a time that the revelation of the gospel was still very uh, little. They had very little light. Until the Pauline revelation was formed and understood that eternal life was what Jesus brought to everybody. Hallelujah. So when you receive Christ, you have a new life. He brought something more than forgiveness, something more than repentance. He brought a new life. So he says, if any man being Christ is a new creation, there is no past. He ceases to be what he used to be. He doesn't need to change his way. Why? Because when he receives life, it's a new life. It has been changed already. He doesn't need to change. What he has to do now is to live according to the light of the new life that he has. You get it? But until you study the scriptures, you can't understand this. Look at it. Romans 10, 9. Salvation, as easy as that is. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth, Lord Jesus, believing in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now the tenth verse says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Meaning you can't believe with your mind. You see, you can't believe with your brain. You believe with your heart, your spirit. So he says, with the heart man believeth. God has told us. Wisdom has said, it's with your heart that you believe. Oh, I like that. So, you know, as long as you are reasoning it, is it true? Is it not true? You cannot believe. Why? It is not for the reasoning. It's not for the mind. It's for the heart, the human spirit. And God has said every human person, being a spirit being, has the ability to believe God. He says, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, he says, confession is made unto salvation. In other words, with the mouth you catapult yourself unto salvation through confession. How important the mouth is. The Greek word for mouth is stoma. All right? Now, why did I tell you that? It means something. It means the front or edge of a weapon. So the words that God has chosen, he carefully chose them. He's letting us know what these things are. Your mouth is given to you to charge your course and to do battle. Let me give you another idea. Listen to this. In the Old Testament, God said to the children of Israel, when he spoke to Joshua, in Joshua chapter 1, you read from verse 1 all the way to verse, to verse uh, 8, you find a remarkable statement from God. In fact, you include verse 9. Now, here's what he says. He says, every place that the sole of your feet shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. So they knew all they had to do was step on that land. If they stepped there, it belonged to them. 
He said, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. If these Israelites got to any nation and trod there, it belonged to them. You couldn't take it from them. You couldn't defeat them. <laughs> In the New Testament, there's a difference. The power is not in your feet. Look at this. You know, there's some, some Christians, you know, they want a building. They say, we want to take this building for our church. And then they start marching around. We are soldiers, soldiers of the cross. In the name of Jesus, we have conquered. Hey, we are soldiers. Are you listening? Listen. Listen. The victory is no longer here. Why? Listen. It's, see, it's important. Because we are born of the Spirit. We have come alive in the Spirit. In the Old Testament, they were spiritually dead because they were cut away from God. Spiritual dead is separation from God. But now we are spiritually alive. So we do battle in the realm of the spirit. And in the realm of the spirit, there's no recognition of distance. You don't need to march around there. The power is in where? Stoma. The Greek says stoma. It's the front or the edge of a weapon. Hey. Which means every time you release something from your stoma, that's the weapon. The weapon is in your mouth. It's in your mouth. No wonder in the 17th verse of the 6th chapter of the book of Ephesians, he says, take unto you the sword of the Spirit, which is, he says, the rhema of God. He didn't say, the, which is the logos, all right? Not the lalia, but what? The rhema. Rhema is the spoken words. The sword of the Spirit, which is the rhema of God. Which means the sword of the Spirit is in your mouth. The sword is in your mouth. You know, you, you got some people, they're praying and say, In the name of Jesus, I take the sword of the Spirit. I give you in Jesus' name. Jesus name. You've lost already. The sword is not in your head. The sword is in your mouth. Glory to God. Hold on. Have you seen where they try to act out these things? And so they say the Roman soldier, you know, and they say the helmet of salvation, put something there. The breastplate of righteousness, put something here. But now they take the shield of faith and so they hold a shield. And then the sword of the spirit, and then they hold this and say, sword of the spirit, it's in their hand. No, it's wrong. It's in the mouth. All right, let me show you something from the Bible. You ready to see this? Revelation chapter 1, look at verse 16. Are you there? Revelation chapter 1, book of Revelation, chapter 1, in verse 16. Are you ready to read it? All right, let's go. 
and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Look, his hands were there. He had something in his right hand, but it was not the sword. Where was the sword? Okay, go to chapter 2. The same book, chapter 2. Read verse 16. Just a moment. Just a moment. Let me give it to you. Have you found it? Read it out. Have you seen that? Go to chapter 19. The same book. Read verse 15. One to go, verse 15, chapter 19. Go on, read it into 16. Go on. Did you see that? Who is he talking about? Jesus. King of kings and Lord of lords. Where was his sword? In his mouth. His sword was in his mouth. Why should your own be in your hand? His sword was in his mouth. His sword was in his mouth. Now, don't you start figuring Jesus carrying a long sword in his mouth. He says the mouth is the mouth, the front or edge of a weapon. That's what the mouth is. It is the edge of a weapon. So every time you release those cutting words, you are cutting the enemy down. So you say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the cancer. I curse the cancer. Hey, go ahead and get somebody. When you say this growth will not stay in my body, you are cutting it down. This diabetes will not stay in my body. You are destroying it. You are using your weapon. No wonder he says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody say wisdom, 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 wisdom. <laughs> See? See why you've got to use your mouth, right? You know some people use, they kill themselves, they use the gun, they turn the gun to themselves and shoot, boom, and they die. You know that? In the days they used the swords for fighting, they did the same thing. All right, like, like Saul the king, he said to his soldier, he said, hold that sword in, in, in I'm going to run into it. And when the soldier wouldn't do it, he killed himself. He used the sword to kill himself. When you talk negatively to yourself, you are using a weapon, a lethal weapon against yourself. 
No wonder the Bible says, life and death. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That mouth is a dangerous weapon. How can we know this except if wisdom reveals it to us? Wisdom shows it to us. Wisdom. He says, ye are of God, little children. Ye have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know, Jesus said, go in my name. Huh? Oh, hallelujah. You know, you, you're not living in your name anymore. You're not living in your name. I know they call you your name. What, what, what's your name? Huh? What's your name? Dyer Sostenis. What's your name? <laughs> That's a wonderful name then. Whose name is what? Call your name. <clears throat> okay, thank you. Now, when you read what Jesus said to go in his name, He said, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Apart from that, you know, he gave us the power of attorney to use his name. Let me tell you why some people, you know, many Christians, they say, but I called the name. Nothing happened. <laughs> yes, I used the name, but nothing happened. What is, what is name? What is name? The word name, what does it mean? Tell me, what, what's, what's the meaning of the word name? <clears throat> huh? Someone says identity. Someone says what? Uh, what? Description. Okay, you've got so many things. So, uh, with your name, you can distinguish between different people. So, your father gave you, you, John. The other one is uh, uh, Christopher. And the other one is Andrew. Because they don't want to call Andrew and Christopher is answering or John is answering to distinguish between them. You see, that's, that's our mentality, right? But in the writing in the scripture there, they didn't mean identification. 
The word used is onoma. O-N-O-M-A-H, Greek. It means authority. It means character. It doesn't say identity. So when Jesus says for us to go in his name, all right, it means in my authority, in my character. Now when I say in the name of Jesus, I mean authority of Jesus. I mean the character of Jesus. So I'm acting in his character. I'm acting in his authority. Not just in his identity. That's what he's referring to. Now, when you understand that, you begin to notice a difference. That's the power of attorney given to us. In other words, the power to act in his place, to act for him, will represent him. Now, when you use the name with that understanding, you don't need to act any faith. Huh. Are you still there? It's not a faith thing. Maybe Faith is evidence. Understand this. Look. Faith is evidence. It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He didn't say, you can use my name if you have faith. No. Faith is evidence of the unseen. The name of Jesus has been made available. You don't need to grow faith to use the name of Jesus. I don't know if you're getting this. Okay, let me give you another thing. We have received eternal life. Am I still acting it by faith? No, I have received. It is presently mine. I'm living the life of God now. I'm a new creation now. He didn't say if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation if he has it by faith. No, it's a, understand there's a difference between a promise and a statement of fact. He says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. So I am a new creation. That is not an act of faith. That is reality. Listen, he's, he didn't make a promise. He said, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. It's, a, it's the sovereign declaration of Almighty God. It's a release of information. Do you understand? If you were told that your name just came out for a certain award, something you, maybe a, a degree award, or you, were, you did an examination, and your name came out on the list as among those that have made it, what do you do? You say, I believe by faith. I believe by faith. The guy says, your name is on the list. So you go there and your name is on the list. I believe by faith. I believe by faith. That release is an information. It's on the notice board. You don't take it by faith. You're no, no. Oh, oh. 
<laughs> Listen, let me explain something to you. Assuming, have you ever, have you ever noticed the footprints of an animal? And you said, hmm, I think. <laughs> I think there's a tiger not far away. So you say, look, see, this, this is definitely from a tiger. And the other guy says, ah, what is this? Evidence. I said, this is what? Evidence. Now, when I say, there's a tiger not far away, it's still very fresh. There's a tiger around. We better get out of here. And while we're thinking, then the bush moves. Then I see Mr. Tiger. Do I still need evidence? I don't need any more evidence. This was the evidence. Now Mr. Tiger himself is out there. But Pastor Chris surely won't run from any tiger. I was going to show you that. Oh boy. Yeah. No, I'm not going to run for a tiger. Oh no. That thing that runs away is not inside me. No, I can't run. Oh no. Mm -mm. Let me tell you a story. Many years ago, I believe it was um, somewhere uh, 1985. I was coming one night from a, a crusade. I had gone to preach. It was about somewhere maybe 12 midnight. And I decided to take a short court in three large dogs belonging to a certain doctor stopped me. Big dogs. They guarded that place. And they came out, oh, 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 and they ran to me. I stopped and I said, sit down. Now these three dogs were not trained. The three dogs sat down. The three of them. And I walked away. Then after several meters, I was like, mine, oh mine. Did that really happen? You know, I looked at them again. I said, Lord Jesus, it's true! And you know what? Now when I ran, the dogs, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and they ran after me, but I was too far now. <laughs> so you see, I already tested it many years ago. So I know it works. Somebody says, well, that was a dog. You're talking about a tiger. Hey, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Hallelujah. Here's the point. That was the evidence, but Mr. Tiger is out there. You can see him. You don't need any evidence now. So when you talk about faith, faith is evidence 
of unseen realities. But when it's available, you don't need any more evidence. So you have to understand the difference between faith for a promise and when there's a statement of fact made. This is the reality. I am born again. I am not born again by faith. I acted my faith. That's why I received the time of life. Now that I have received what I got by faith, it has come. Don't you understand? When I believed in Jesus and I called his name, that was faith. That was faith. By, by, by faith, I, I trusted and believed. But then he told me, if I made this proclamation, eternal life would be mine. So I acted on what the word said. That was faith, believing that what he said would work. Then when I proclaimed it, believing in my heart, he said, this will be the result. Question, have I done that? Yes. Okay, if you truly believe, have you received? Oh, yes. My faith is what I acted, that I said it, believe in my heart, therefore, this is mine. Okay, is it yours? Yes, it is. If it's true, you no longer have to expect it or believe it. It is done unto you. Now you know you are a new creation. That's why he says, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Why? Because love is the first thing that comes into your spirit when you're born again. It says the fruit of the spirit, the recreated human spirit is love. You see, that's the first one that's manifested in you. And it says the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. You see? So now I know. Why? Because I got the love of God in me. See? I know. It says we know that we have passed from death unto life. Then it says the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We're not going to be. We are. He says the Holy Spirit bears witness with my spirit. There is an agreement with my spirit. I know it in my spirit. The Holy Ghost has borne the witness. When there is a witness, it is satisfied. Are you still there? So you're listening to the voice of wisdom. Oh, I told you to look at Ephesians chapter, chapter 1. Let's look at verse 8. Come on, come on, come on. i got to rush this now. I'll close with this. Visions, visions, visions. Do you love visions? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Okay, I like it. Now, from, <clears throat> let's read from verse 8 into verse, no, from verse 6 into verse 8, so we can get it. To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us, oh boy, did you see that? Wherein He hath made us accepted in the beloved. Say, I'm accepted. accepted. Say, I'm accepted. Sombrada hashatika, libaramando subradi, ligrohosko prana. Accepted in the beloved. Verse eight, verse seven. In whom we have redemption. Did you see that? Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein aha, 
I've got to explain this verse 8 to you. Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all Sophia and Phronesis. Did you see that? Oh, shake him, I say. Listen to what he's saying. That verse 8 is a little complex when you start in the King James. It says, wherein he had abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Now, what he's saying is this. He says, in which, or which rather, which, he says, his grace, the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. Now, the word in, where you have in all wisdom, the word in, in the Greek, is the same for wit. All right? So, it's a little misleading to say in wisdom. No, he lavished his grace. Lord Jesus, this is powerful. See, he's saying that he lavished his grace on us. Wit, that means together with all Sophia and Phronesis. He not only gave us his grace, he gave us all wisdom. He gave us all wisdom, all Sophia. In other words, all of the knowledge, all of the wisdom, like the Bible says, glory to God, he got all of that and gave to us, and gave us all the phronesis. Which means everything he gave to Solomon, he gave to us, and much more. He says he lavished his grace on us with all wisdom, with all Sophia and Phronesis. He lavished, lavished. That means superabundance. Do you understand? Now we, we, we sing grace, grace. We sing a lot of grace. How many people sing in the same way? Wisdom. I got wisdom. Oh, the grace of God. We thank God is the grace of God. Oh, what about is the wisdom of God? Glory to God. It'll change your steps. I said it'll change everything about you. When you learn to rejoice. Father, thank you. Oh, did I ever tell you the story about a little girl that was so sick she was dying? They had to uh, put her in an oxygen tent. They zipped her in there. Okay? Because she had to have oxygen, pure oxygen. The doctor already said she was going to die. Okay? She was going to die. Nine years old. She was going to die. There was no hope for her. And um, uh, she was dying. She couldn't eat any solid food. And uh, somehow, the mother, being a Christian, gave her a little Bible to be reading so she could die lovingly into the arms of Jesus. So she got to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 in her reading. And she read, Who is on self, but as saints on his own body on the tree, that we being dead to saints should live unto righteousness. And she broke down and started crying. Lord Jesus, thank you for taking my sins away. Thank you. She cleaned out her eyes and she said, the doctor said, I'm going to die. So Lord Jesus, I'm coming to meet you and I'm coming very soon. Thank you for taking my sins away. She cleaned her eyes and continued the verse. And then she got 
by whose stripes you were healed. She thought, did I see that? She looked at it again. Who his own self but our saints and his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin shall live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. The same verse. Huh? By whose stripes you were healed? She said, Lord, I didn't know that. Then she said, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry I wouldn't be coming home very soon. Listen. She said, I'm sorry I wouldn't be coming home very soon because I just found out that I've already been here. So she unzipped the thing. She was already going to skin bones. And she carried her skin bones down her legs and put them on the floor. She said, Mama, get my breakfast. Mama come running downstairs. Honey, what's the matter? Oh, she saw her daughter walking. Ah, honey, come back. Go back to the bed. Oh, <laughs> carry that. Put her back on the bed. Uh, honey, what do you want? I want to eat my breakfast. You haven't taken solid food for months. She said, Mama, look at it. I've been healed by Jesus. Mama said, Oh. The doctor said, the day you die, you're going to lose your mind. Looks like you've already lost your mind. <laughs> Kept her back in there, ran away to make a phone call to the doctor. Doctor, come quick. My daughter is dying. By the time she came back, the daughter, the daughter had left the bed, gone to the kitchen and started taking breakfast. Honey, what is it? And she was eating her breakfast. The doctor rushed in. What is it? What is it? What is it? She died. Put her on the bed. Examined her. Found two brand new lungs in her body. Somebody shout hallelujah. somebody it's in the same verse it's in the same verse hallelujah wow uh oh so the same verse that says he gave us grace in superabundance says he gave us all wisdom and prudence and that's all Sophia and Phronesis. Boy, I'm full of wisdom. Hiya. I'm full of wisdom. Hello? Think about it. What will your prayer life be like? When you pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm full of the wisdom of God. I'm full of the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. You're going to work. You say, I'm walking in wisdom today. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I'm walking in wisdom. I'm functioning in wisdom. My faculties are all submitted to wisdom. Wisdom is using my mind. Wisdom is using my brain. Wisdom is using me, walking through me. Glory to God, I'm a success. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. I know who I am. Man, oh my, get up and worship God. 
Wisdom is mine. I got wisdom, I got wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. He lavished his grace on us with our Sophia and Phronesis. He lavished his grace on us. He's made us wise. He's made me wise. He's made me wise. I got wisdom to face any crisis. I got wisdom to face any situation. I got wisdom. I got wisdom in all circumstances. I got wisdom. I know what to do. I'm not confused. I walk in wisdom. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wisdom. 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 You got it all. Sophia. Sunesis. And Phronesis. Thanks be unto God. Hallelujah. Go ahead and worship God. The message you've just heard was produced by the Lovell Tape Ministry. For more information, please contact Lovell Tape Ministry. Post office number 13563. Email address cec at christembassy.org or better still, you can find us on the web www.christembassy.org God bless you.